You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to today's session of a Healthcare Insight. You're on America's Web Radio, and I'm Ron Bachman. If you found us on this website, you know that we've been talking about health insurance reform. We've given a lot of different ideas, a lot of different thoughts, and we're in the middle of a series now called The Secrets of Health Insurance Reform. Now, I know everybody's been taken up with their thinking about the coronavirus, and that's sort of the topic of the day. And we've done several sessions on that. We've interviewed doctors. We've looked at what the future might hold and how changes would occur, and those are all in some of our archived programs. But I do believe that once we get through this, which hopefully will be in a few weeks, we'll get over the major hump and we'll get back to work as a country that will also get back to the politics of the current year, which is an election year for the President of the United States and all 435 members of the House of Representatives. It's going to be a hot political year. And I think that the coronavirus is going to lead us in one of two directions as we debate health care this year and this election year. One, we're either going to go with the idea that How did we deal with the coronavirus and the hospitalizations and the costs associated with the coronavirus? And we'll find that the federal government encouraged the private market, the insurance companies, to cover the costs of corona tests, of corona treatments without deductibles, co-insurance, co-pays, any cost sharing. The hospitals were also subsidized by the federal government with additional payments in order to cover the costs to encourage the focus on the coronavirus to the extent that many elective surgeries and other conditions weren't being covered. So some people say that's the most efficient way. We ought to do that for every condition to be sure that every American has the right to have health insurance coverage when they need it without having the cost of a private insurance market that we have today. Others will say, no, the real debate The real issue, the real discovery, is around that we combine government and private market in times of emergencies. So let's let the market work. Let's get everybody coverage. Let's be sure it's affordable coverage, but we don't need the federal government to be paying for everything and everybody when they go in because we will overload the hospital systems. We need a broader strategy, a different approach. And I think that's going to be a debate, a major debate in this year's election. That's why I've enjoyed doing these programs and some of the feedback that I've gotten, because what we know is that one of the biggest issues on Americans' mind before coronavirus was health care. Can they get health insurance, the financing mechanism, to get the health care that they want? They don't want just an insurance card. They want to actually get Healthcare needs. Now, last week we talked about how do you do that for individual health insurance? And individual health insurance probably covers about 15 million people in the United States. It's not the largest piece, but it's a very important piece because if your employer doesn't subsidize your coverage, then you need to go out and get it in the marketplace for yourself and your family. It also is a little bit more complicated than group insurance. And today's session is going to be about group insurance, but I want to be sure that 
those who may have missed last week, at least get a summary. Well, we don't want to go back to the old days pre-Obamacare of underwriting and the individual being sort of put down, tossed aside, and all the power is with the insurance company. We need to find a way that if we get rid of Obamacare and we go back to some sort of a risk selection process so that everybody is in the kind of risk pool that they deserve to be in, that if you're healthy, it'd be nice to be able to be in a risk pool of healthy lives. If you're unhealthy, it'd be nice to be in a risk pool of unhealthy lives where you're getting the best care and treatment and all those resources are brought, being brought to bear on you. It's like if you're sick and in the hospital. You don't want to be treated like you're in a hotel room. You want to be treated like you're in the hospital. You want all the care and services that are available to you to get you better, to get you well, to get you recovered. So here's how an individual would work on a one, two, three, four basis. First, using data pre-Obamacare when people applied for insurance, about 88 to 89%, almost 9 out of 10 people actually got the care that they applied for at a fair and reasonable price. And if there were any exclusions or delays, that was acceptable as well. So the vast majority can get insurance under the first step, that is, apply for insurance and get it from a participating insurer. Number two, if you apply for insurance and get rejected inappropriately, you're healthy, you should be able to get insurance, or you've got some minor condition that they turned you down for, You can apply to, and this is the secret in this area of individual health insurance, you can apply to a new entity called the Health Review Authority. And if they determine that you're not uninsurable, that in fact you are insurable, they will grant you a certificate of guaranteed coverage that you can then take back to any participating insurer and they will have to give you, they will have to give you an insurance policy cover your health insurance concerns. Now you determine what that plan is, whether you want a rich plan, a not-so-rich plan, temporary plan, plan for you, plan for your family, but you'll get a certificate of guaranteed coverage if you're not uninsurable. Now, if you're healthy, but you really need premium support, the premium support would not be like Obamacare's premium support to give monies up to people earning over $100,000 for a family of four. That's, we want to focus the money on people who really need it. And so the premium subsidies would be available. So if you if you get a, guarantee, a certificate of guaranteed coverage and you need a premium support, you can go into a federal or state exchange. It's probably a state exchange that's set up. And you'll get the coverage you want. has to be issued to you, covers pre-existing conditions, and you'll get a federal subsidy. That's number three. So one, you get it from the insurance company. Two, you get a certificate of guaranteed coverage. And three, you get a certificate of guaranteed coverage and you get put into a pool that requires some premium subsidies. Number four, if you are uninsurable, there's only two or three percent of the population that's uninsurable, they can have high costs. What happens with that fourth category? Well, they're allowed access into a subsidized impaired health support coverage. A set of plans. Again, you can choose the type of plan you want because not everybody with impaired health has got major problems right now. They may have a problem that could occur in the future, and therefore they are deemed uninsurable. So number four, you're accepted into an impaired health support coverage set of plans. 
and there there would be state and federal subsidies available to cover the in excess costs that would be generated from that pool. So here you have, first of all, the pool of high-risk, high-cost put into a set of programs that supports their conditions and helps them to recover, stabilize, and lowers their costs with subsidies. In one, two, and three, you have people who are insurable where they can get insurance through a certificate of guaranteed coverage. And those premiums are going to be much less in one, two, and three because those are healthier lives. The premiums could be as low, lower than like 15 to 20%, maybe even 25% in some circumstances because that's a high risk. That is the opposite of high risk. That is the good risk pools of lives that are segmented into one, two, and three. And then you have the higher costs in number four. So it really puts you in the right risk pool and gives you the right coverage for what you deserve. If you're a non-smoker, if you exercise and diet, you do all the right things, you should be allowed into a risk pool of similar lives. And if you're unhealthy, not from your own causes necessarily, maybe you have an accident or an illness that uh, came about, maybe it's some of the choices you made for smoking and alcoholism. In any case, you are still going to be allowed into that uninsurable pool with some state and federal subsidies. So you will get your coverage for an individual policy. Now let's turn our attention to the small group market. Because the small group market is actually easier to deal with than the individual policies. It is a much larger group of people. But I thought it important to talk about the individual insurance market first because it is a little bit more difficult. It's one, two, three, four steps. Small group is easy as one, two, three. Because now you have an employer subsidy, and most employers do subsidize small small group when they offer it. It can be subsidized anywhere from 50% of the actual premium cost to 100% of the premium cost for an employee. And even when they cover their dependents, the employers are usually subsidized in that coverage anywhere from 50 to 75%. So small group needs better premium. Again, a risk selection process that we'll describe is the other secret here that we can actually segment risks and make small group insurance much more affordable. So let's consider the situation where you get health insurance through an employer plan. Now, if you work for a large self-insured employer, they are regulated under a federal law called ERISA. You may not even know that your employer-sponsored plan is self-insured. In that case, just ask your human resource department. They will tell you. It's not a secret. ERISA laws and regulations are completely different from the laws governing individual policies and small group contracts. There are about 120 million Americans that get coverage through large self-insured employer plans. Employee and family members are not individually underwritten in self-insured plans. ERISA requires coverage of pre-existing conditions with minimal exclusions for limited periods, if any. Coverage is guaranteed after a 30 or 90 day waiting period. So if you're a new employee, you may not get it on day one, but you'll get it after a limited period of time. So if you work for a large self-insured company, you get guaranteed insurance 
coverage of pre-existing conditions, and employer subsidies. Again, anywhere from 50 to 100% or more for an individual and or family members. And that will cover a large portion of your premium. Small groups, on the other hand, are an entirely different kettle of fish. Small groups would have some limited underwriting, a few questions, and much like individual policies, which are typically underwritten more intensely, small fully insured groups are governed by both Obamacare requirements and state laws. ERISA does not apply to individual or fully insured small groups. So before Obamacare, some states tried to mandate small group guaranteed coverage and community rating that they would thought that would make it affordable, but it did the opposite. But like Obamacare, those are market distortions that fail to encourage more coverage or lower premiums. We don't want to continue or go back to those failed approaches. We need to find a new way forward. And what I want to talk about is personalizing the health insurance for each individual and what they need and what they want, not what somebody else wants, not what some bureaucrat says that they want or need. So I want to talk about that in the next section. I want to take a quick commercial break, and then I want to come back and we're going to talk about small group health insurance and the secrets of how to provide small group health insurance for everybody on a guaranteed issue basis at affordable rates. So if you'll hang with me, come back, we're going to get into some very interesting ideas about how this actually can work that politicians and insurance companies don't describe to you. Nobody seems to want to do that because they want to maintain the status quo where they have power. So we'll be right back. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Healthcare Insight, and we've been talking about some new ideas. We're actually talking about creating the possible, not accepting what we have out there today in terms of financing of the health care that you need, the ability to see your doctors, go to the hospital that you want. But the way you finance health care is by having a health insurance policy. So we're talking about the secrets 
of health insurance reform. We've been through the discussion of how you would make it all possible to have guaranteed issue, coverage of pre-existing conditions, have choices of plans, be put into the risk group that you deserve to be put into, whether it's a low-risk or a high-risk group, and then how to take care of people more effectively in the high-risk groups rather than just sort of tossing them aside. We talked about employer-based insurance and how large employers that are self-insured really can do what they want. They don't have the same limitations that Obamacare has or that state laws and regulations have because they're covered under a federal law called ERISA, which gives them a lot more flexibility. So now it's time to turn our attention to the real problem. Employer-sponsored small groups. And the reason they're a problem is because they are over-regulated, always have been over-regulated by the states, and now they've got regulations from both the state and the federal level with Obamacare. So there's got to be a new way forward. So what's the secret to developing a new way forward to have affordable small group coverage where more employers are able to buy insurance and subsidize the premiums for their employees and their employees' families. Well, the program that I refer to, I call personalized health insurance because it ought to be personalized to you as the individual. You don't need a one-size-fits-all. So personalized health insurance creates a new path for persons in small groups, both employees and their family members, with chronic and persistent conditions to be accepted either as part of the group or if they are truly uninsurable, the way that we handled and discussed around individuals who are uninsurable, if you have an employee who is uninsurable, they can still work. That's why they're an employee of yours. But they may have a condition that puts them at higher risk and therefore maybe uninsurable. You know, if we could find ways to put people into their proper and appropriate risk pool, we have an entirely different system. People who are healthier would get lower premiums. People who are unhealthy would have higher premiums, maybe in an impaired health support group coverage. But that means we would get more services to them. We would focus on their needs, on their coverage requirements, on their medical concerns. And we can help stabilize their condition. We can help them with recovery. That type of a focus has been missing and is one of the secrets to how we make all this work. No one else has been talking about segmenting the population by their risk profile. We know that if we can segment people who are at high risk, We can actually help them more effectively. We can identify them. And by segmenting peoples by risk groups, that wouldn't be a stigma. It identifies the level of help that each person needs. It's a special service to provide that extra help and support needed to deal with impaired health conditions. So if you have serious health conditions you will likely benefit the most from personalized health insurance.
So it's not a stigma. It's identifying those in most need of help. Now, it probably was a stigma pre-Obamacare in the way the market was structured, because if you were uninsurable, what would happen would be that you would be segmented out as a high risk and then ignored, given high premiums, giving low coverage, told to basically go away. So for most employees and family members, small group plans provide coverage much like individual policies. The major difference is that group plans have employer subsidies for the premiums. Within a small group, there still might be one or two or more individuals with a serious condition that makes a plan member, either the employee or a family member, uninsurable. That could affect the insurability of the entire group and mean higher premiums for the others in the group. You're spreading the risk among others, but in small group, there aren't that many people to spread the risk over, unlike the large group of 100, 500, 1,000 employees, you can have some uninsured, normally uninsurable people in that group, but you've got a very large population to spread that risk out over. That is not true of small group. So we need to take a different kind of a look that we've never done before, and that's the risk segmentation of individuals within small group plans. So personalized health insurance would allow them to qualify for the same impaired health support plans provided under individual policies. So the the uninsurables would be gathered together as uninsurables, whether you're individual policy applications or whether you're coming from a small group. So here's how you would be guaranteed coverage if you work for a small, fully insured group. So put yourself in the shoes of somebody who works for a small, fully insured company. There's really three steps. Unlike the individual policy, there's only three. And you'll see the reason why in a minute. It's because you don't need to get outside support for the premiums as you do in individuals. You are working for a company that's a small group, and that small group employer uh, has a subsidy available to its employees because it's to the benefit of the employer to provide the covers. They're getting the healthy population. They're getting productive employees. So it's easy as one, two, three in the case of small groups. So here's the one, two, three. Number one, all members of the small group plan are accepted by a participating insurer. Make an application and you get all your coverage. And that's going to be a substantial percentage, higher than the percentage on the individual side that we talked about, where almost nine out of ten got coverage when they made the application. The same would be true of small groups. Most all, it would be above 90%. Uh, get the coverage that they're looking for at an affordable price. Number two, initially the group is rejected, but after review by that health review authority we talked about, the entire small group is granted a certificate of guaranteed coverage. Now, there's no state or federal subsidies. Whatever subsidies the employer is putting in, and generally it's at least 50% across the board for both employee and family members, and in many cases, higher than that. So number two, you got rejected unfairly, and you're going to get a certificate of guaranteed coverage for the entire small group. And you can go back and you can get coverage from any of the participating insurers to get that small group coverage. 
And then number three, the Health Review Authority provides an individual uninsured member, uninsurable member of the small group access to the impaired health support plan. So that individual can be pulled out, can be segmented out based upon the risk profile and put in to the impaired health support plans where they would have a choice of different plans, but they're pulled out because they are otherwise uninsurable. This allows the remaining group members to have a much better risk profile. Therefore, they get a much lower premium, which means that the employer who's subsidizing that also has a lower subsidy because if they're paying 50% of a lower cost, that 50% is lower in total dollars. So, one, two, three. Everybody's accepted with a small group application. Number two, the group is rejected, but after review, it's determined that they that whole group is insurable and they get a certificate of guaranteed coverage. And number three, a health review authority decides that one or more individuals in the group, either the employee or family members included, are uninsurable and they get access to the impaired health support plan. And those plans are subsidized by federal and state um, entities. So they're in a higher risk pool, a higher premium pool, but they have subsidies. And so now you have a much more affordable group plan for most people in this country because they'll get it under either number one or number two. And we know even under number three that the percentage of the population that is truly uninsurable is as low as two to three percent. And if you're talking about a working population that is uninsurable, uh, it's much less than that. So in this system, all small groups wanting to purchase insurance will be able to get insurance. No employer mandate is required for the purchase of insurance. However, all employers have an option for very affordable small group coverage. It's really as easy as one, two, three. So once again, let me give you a little bit more detail here. Under number one, an employer with a small group of employees, and that's generally 50 or fewer, wanting fully insured health coverage for all employees can apply. There'll be limited underwriting for that small group. Maybe only a couple questions to identify anybody that might be at high risk. And they can get apply to any participating insurer. They may secure mutually agreed upon coverage at discounted, standard or experience rated or some level of increased premiums. That's okay. It's a contract both parties agree to. Number two, if a small group is insurable but is denied or unable to negotiate acceptable coverage at a fair premium, they can submit an appeal to this public-private mediator, the Health Review Authority. If the insurance company's final offer is not considered reasonable by the Health Review Authority, the small group would be granted a certificate of guaranteed coverage. That certificate would include coverage for any and all pre-existing conditions for all members of that group and all family members. The certificate can then be taken to any participating insurer that would then be obligated to offer group health insurance at their standard rates or a predetermined reasonable added cost not to exceed 10% as determined by the Health Review Authority. So you can see here, just under number one, number two, most people are going to get insurance. And they're going to get guaranteed coverage, coverage of pre-existing conditions, and they'll be in a risk pool 
that will keep the premiums low for anybody in that group. The number three, if a member of a small group, an employer or family member is determined by the health review authority to be truly uninsurable, that individual will be offered options under a subsidized impaired health support coverage set of plans. The remaining group would be offered a certificate of guaranteed coverage. So you can see if you make an application, you are going to get insurance coverage one way or the other. This third option is the magic sauce. It is the secret sauce and a unique design of personalized health insurance. It allows for personalized services and coverage for otherwise uninsurable workers most in need of immediate medical care. It allows the use of subsidized impaired health support plans for members, employees, and family members of small groups. Personalized health insurance will provide for the needs of the sickest among us and lower premiums for everybody else who then would be at a better risk pool level, and that would be for both individual and small group plans. So let's take a break here. We're going to come back and talk about this entity that we described called the Health Review Authority. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Ron Bachman, and the program is Healthcare Insight. You know, we were talking earlier uh, today about how the view of reimbursing and financing healthcare is going to be a debate in the 2020 election. Well, I saw already this morning a, uh, an article by Hillary Clinton that said um, we ought to just be able to pay for services at the hospital directly that the coronavirus episode has shown us that the efficient way is to move towards nationalized health insurance and health care so the hospitals are paid directly. And the counter-argument, of course, is that government hasn't been able to do very much. The projections and models have been off. Our expected health care uh, capacity or hospital beds have all been off, and if uh, government was running this thing, we would be spending lots of money with um, with a lot of waste in it. So I think that debate's going to continue to go on. Now, as far as today is concerned, we've been talking about health insurance reform, the secrets of health insurance reform. 
We've talked about how individual policies can be offered on a guaranteed issue basis, covering all pre-existing conditions where everybody has access to uh, buying affordable um, individual health insurance. We've talked about group insurance and how small group is different from large group. Small, fully insured plans different from large, self-insured plans. And one of the key elements in this whole discussion is the um, Health Review Authority. That is the balancing mechanism. That's one of the secrets, if you will, of creating a true free market to equalize the power, if you will, between an individual or a small group making an application for insurance any insurance company who in the past has had unilateral power and authority over who got accepted and who wasn't accepted. There was not no re- there was no recourse. Now there is recourse under this system, and it's called the Health Review Authority. So, okay, we've been talking a lot about this Health Review Authority, so let me explain exactly what it is and what it is not. It's really critical to understand the Health Review Authority to get a full idea and a full grasp of the power of this restructuring of the free market to create a a consumer-oriented oversight board that would balance out the potential abuses of an insurance company in an application process. It is the Health Review Authority that gives you, the consumer, power. It levels the playing field for you against insurers. A major part of this personalized health insurance, both individual and small group, is the creation of this health review authority. It's a free market alternative to what Obamacare tried to do with the coercive power of the federal government. Obamacare tried to force insurers to accept all application applicants with government mandates and the promise to make insurers whole for any losses they might have. That's why the insurance companies were supportive of Obamacare. They didn't have to worry about losing money. Obamacare was going to make up for this. Unfortunately, a recent Supreme Court ruling reversed what had been the case where the government didn't have to make up for the losses and the Supreme Court just ruled, in fact, that the language of the law said that they could. So some of Obamacare financing games to support the insurance industry. A bailout for the insurance industry actually has been reinstated. So it's even more important that we can get rid of Obamacare and replace it so that the government is not subsidizing the insurance industry. Personalized health insurance empowers individuals and small groups by establishing this private-public partnership that I've called the Health Review Authority. The Health Review Authority is the mechanism that levels the playing field between the consumer, the applicant, and the otherwise singularly powerful insurance company. When an individual or small group employer applied for insurance in the pre-Obamacare world, they didn't know whether they would be accepted for insurance or not. Personalized health insurance solves that problem. The Health Review Authority will review both individual and small group applications that have been rejected by participating insurers. Rejected applications will be determined to either be insurable or uninsurable. The impaired health support plans will be available for the uninsured. 
as both individuals and uninsured within small groups. The uninsurables, I should say, for both individuals and the uninsurables within the small groups. Financial need for those who are insurable will be considered for individual applications. So they can get a certificate of guaranteed coverage that would let them into a subsidized pool because of their financial need. So the special financial support is not needed for small group members as employers will continue to subsidize the premiums. So that's why we had a number four on the individual side, as we described in in the first uh, quarter hour of this um, program. And you don't need it, as we described in the second quarter hour of this program. Personalized health insurance uses the health review authority to identify and segment impaired health risk for special support. This is not your grandfather's high-risk pool. Keep in mind that no one wants to be labeled as high-risk, but most would want the support for their impaired health. By identifying and subsidizing impaired health risks, the premiums for the others who are at lower risk will be 15 to 20%, maybe even 25% lower. That's the key, one of the secrets to how we move forward is we segment by health risk. We don't segment by whether you're just financially available or not available to help pay for insurance. We segment by risk. Everybody has the right to be in a risk pool of like lives who are concerned about their health, who are doing things to stay healthy, who are taking lifestyle changes, diet, exercise, keeping up with their metrics of blood pressure, cholesterol, nicotine use, body mass index, and doing the right things to be healthy. People like that ought to deserve to be in the same pool for lower premiums. And if somebody is truly uninsurable because of the health status, we can put them into a government-subsidized plan. On others, we can put them into a plan that's affordable and help them to get and stay healthy. So the Health Review Authority will establish the standards of insurability. In addition, the Health Review Authority will oversee and manage the impaired health support plans. For public administration oversight, the Health Review Authority will probably be assigned to the Department of Insurance at the state level or to HHS, the Health and Human Services, at the federal level. The beauty of this market-based approach is that it is voluntary for insurers rather than a government mandate, rather than a government bailout, rather than a government subsidy to the insurance companies as system incentives will encourage insurers to participate. Under the system I'm describing, insurance companies are going to want to participate. They won't be required to. And when they participate, they will be then obligated to accept this certificate of guaranteed coverage and accept the decisions of the Health Review Authority. So with a system of encouragements to insurers to participate, you might say, aha, that sounds a lot like Obamacare's promise to cover insurer losses. No, only lives with impaired health issues will be subsidized, not the insurers, only the, in, the applicant. 
the person with the impaired health issue will be subsidized. The incentive for insurers is that if they participate, they will be able to place the impaired health lives into a government-subsidized plan for the uninsured, and if they're financially impaired, they can get a subsidy into an exchange. This will allow participating insurers to sell their policies to the remaining lives at a much, much lower cost. And that's what we're really trying to get at. How do we lower the cost of insurance for most of the lives in the United States and most of the small groups in the United States? Because by lowering the premium, especially for those small groups, we're going to have more small employers who today don't buy insurance because it's too expensive. By lowering the cost, more and more of those small employers will buy insurance for their employees. And we know that they will then subsidize. And it's much better this country to have employers subsidize the purchase of health insurance than to have the federal government or state government subsidize the purchase of insurance. So we can tap into that market of employers that want to have insurance because they know it will create a healthy, productive workforce. It will give them a competing advantage to hire people. So you may be wondering, will the insurers be mandated to use the same selection and underwriting standards Now, the short answer is no. Each participating insurer is allowed to set up its own standards for risk selection. You might be acceptable to one company, but not to another one. That difference can be addressed without a government mandate. The Health Review Authority solves that potential selection difference among insurers with that power to issue the Certificate of Guaranteed Coverage. You see... A viable individual and small group marketplace cannot exist if insurers abuse the selection process by accepting only the young and healthy. That was the problem before Obamacare. Insurers could cherry-pick applicants. Well, now you have a secret sauce. How to make the free market work by balancing the power between individuals, small groups, and insurance companies. Because before Obamacare, you and I had no recourse to the rejection of our application for insurance. Now we do. Now we do. The Health Review Authority will create a market responsive to consumers. Actually, the presence of the Health Review Authority in many cases will make a difference in how insurers accept applications for insurance. So I hope you can see that this kind of a free market with some government oversight, consumer-oriented health review authority, and the incentives for insurance companies to participate will dramatically change the marketplace and create a true free market with options, new plan designs. There'll be new insurance companies that'll want to enter, create more competition, and we will get all those things that a normal retail market has that benefits the consumer. So I want to next, in the last segment of this hour, talk about that certificate of guaranteed coverage and what it can mean and what it really is, because that's the piece of paper that will allow you to get whatever insurance you want if the insurance company doesn't treat you right the first time around. So let's take a break, and let's come back in a few minutes and wrap up this week's session by talking about the certificate of guaranteed coverage. 
Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about anti-car insurance. Uh, in this hobby... Uh, that I've been part of for years. Not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic. Classic, antique, or even your street ride. Call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to our final segment this week on Healthcare Insight. We're going to talk about one of the critical, important secrets of health insurance reform and that is this Certificate of Guaranteed Coverage. We just finished talking about the Health Review Authority that equalizes the power between individuals, small groups, and insurance company underwriting and their selection process. Now let's talk about the vehicle by which the Health Review Authority empowers the individual and small group. So, as you're looking at what your situation might be, maybe you identified yourself or someone you know as wanting an individual policy. In that case, applicants rejected for individual health care at no cost can they then go to the Health Review Authority to review that underwriting decision. So here's how it works. There are three potential actions the Health Review Authority can take for an individual policy. First, if the applicant is determined by the Health Review Authority to be insurable, the individual will be given a certificate of guaranteed coverage to secure affordable coverage at rates appropriate to the health status and the history of that individual. An individual certificate of guaranteed coverage can be taken to any participating carrier, not just the original one that rejected the application. And they would be required then to provide guaranteed issue and coverage of pre-existing conditions. Premiums will be at standard rates or with any premium rating or temporary benefit limits as deemed appropriate by the Health Review Authority. Participating insurers must accept Participating insurers must accept certificates of guaranteed coverage equal to the number of individual applicants they previously rejected for coverage. It's an interesting concept here, 
How many did they reject? Those who reject a lot will have to take more back. So carriers rejecting relatively good risks might find they are required to accept much worse risks under a guarantee a certificate of guaranteed coverage. By balancing the application process in this way, carriers will begin to accept more applicants and industry underwriting standards will be voluntarily moderated in favor of the consumer. It's a really powerful concept here to apply to the use of the certificate of guaranteed coverage in conjunction with the Health Review Authority um, requirements. So that's first. Second, if the applicant is determined to be insurable but in need of financial assistance, as determined by some state or federal law, relative probably to some level of the federal poverty level, so they need financial assistance to pay premiums, but they are insurable, the individual will be given access to a subsidized state health exchange. Third, Eligible individuals who are determined to be uninsurable are allowed access to the impaired health support plans. And there could be multiple plans there, whether they're account-based plans with health savings accounts or HMOs or PPOs, whatever the various plan designs will be. There'll be multiple options there. So with coverage options under the impaired health support plans, Insurers will no longer be obligated to offer coverage that applicants. In other words, the individual is put into an impaired health support plan, and the insurer can sort of step aside at that point and have no further responsibility for that applicant because the applicant's getting coverage that they would want or need. So as you can see, with the certificate of guaranteed coverage, anyone wanting an individual insurance policy is guaranteed a plan of their choice. And they'll be covered for pre-existing conditions. So that's for the individual application. Let's talk now about small group, because that's the second and probably the largest and most important group. Because we can encourage employers to subsidize the premium so we don't have to use tax dollars to do that. So if you have a small group, and it's generally 50 or fewer employees, you have a new option to secure affordable insurance for your employees. Insurers can request the Health Review Authority to review select, selected members of a small group. If a member of a fully insured small group is determined to be uninsurable, the group member, the employee or family member, will be provided access to a selection of impaired health support plans. Employers or participating insurers submitting members of small groups who are determined by the Health Review Authority to be uninsurable can then be excluded from the small group policy that everybody else in that company gets. Those individuals will be segmented out. And participating insurers are obligated to offer coverage to the group, the remaining group, if the selected members remaining are determined by the Health Review Authority to be insurable. The entire group then will be granted a certificate of guaranteed coverage. So individuals within a small group can be segmented out, given all the support and services, so that we can again take care of the sickest among us, give them all the support, all the coverage they need, 
all the encouragement, all the rewards and incentives to stabilize their condition and hopefully achieve some level of recovery. But we go even further to encourage the insurance companies who are participating to be sure that they're accepting this on a voluntary basis. So what we would allow under this personalized health insurance approach is that in addition, at the first annual policy renewal, any newly identified uninsured persons can then apply to the impaired health support plans. So they sort of get a second bite at the apple. So moving uninsurable people with impaired health conditions from small group plans at both the initial application and the first renewal is a major feature of personalized health insurance. It will make small, fully insured groups more affordable and estimates for small groups like individual policies is that it would lower premiums by 15 to 20%. Major change to encourage small employers to sign up and offer insurance to their employees because most times those small group employers will be subsidizing the premiums of 50% or more of the premium, making it much more affordable to the employees. And by pulling out the uninsurables from any small group, that has a high risk or high level of claims at the moment or are hospitalized for whatever reason, but they've been workers, they've been employees of that company, and now they have some condition or illness or accident that's made them uninsurable, those people can be pulled out so that a small group plan doesn't have to worry about, well, I can't get insurance because I have one or two members that are very high cost. They can be pulled out and put into an impaired health support group, which would give them the best chance of recovering, stabilizing their condition. So federal or state laws and regulations will not have to mandate acceptance standards, underwriting standards, if you will. However, over time, insurers will begin to improve, approve more small group applications so as not to accept those with a certificate of guaranteed coverage, which may not be as healthy as groups they had previously turned away. I hope the message is getting out in this presentation of how important the power of the Health Review Authority is and the major weapon that they have, which is a certificate of guaranteed coverage, to segment risk lives into categories that make insurance more affordable and give the help and services needed to those people who are uninsurable. It's only 2 or 3% of the population, but they drive up the cost. They can be 15 to 20, 25% of the cost of health care for that 2 or 3% that are uninsurable. So this is a major change to create a consumer-oriented marketplace, to create a marketplace that meets the needs of individuals and family members, to meet the needs of small businesses that want to insure their employees, be sure that things are taken care of that those employees who may have some issues can get back to work and be fully productive. For those employees who have family members who have a condition that stresses out the employee, they have to worry about it. They're not there mentally on the job because they are focused on the problems or issues at home. This creates an enormous change 
and creates a marketplace that actually can work. We have never had, since health insurance started 80 years ago, a true free market. So for those of you out there listening and you hear some of these new entities or new controls, it's how you can create a free market. You know, creating a free market is not easy. It's not just, okay, we're going to allow products to be sold and just, you know, laissez-faire, whatever happens, happens, and there's no real structure or legal um, parameters around uh, creating this free market. We don't usually do that. Politicians aren't used to creating free markets. This is a structure that creates a free market. It is not a government-controlled marketplace. It's not a bureaucracy-controlled marketplace I've been describing. It starts off with a core concept that says people ought to be allowed to be in their risk pool of similar lives, of people who are taking behaviors that create a healthier population, of people who are diet, exercise, lifestyle changes, following their metrics, blood pressure, cholesterol, nicotine use, body mass index, and watching their health. Because their health creates their own personal worth to a company, to their family. It's their human capital is what makes them good employees, good community leaders, good members of their church to volunteer and do things, helps their family. Without health, as we've learned from this whole coronavirus episode, that without your health, nothing else matters. Without your health, you can't be very productive. Without your health, you may be sitting in a hospital bed on a ventilator. Without health, you're stuck at home. So it's not just isolating yourself like many of us are doing to stay healthy. You'd be stuck at home on a ventilator. You might be on dialysis. You might be disabled for various reasons, and you're not productive. You can't do the things you want to do. You can't be a productive employee. So creating a marketplace that segments lies by risk is a critical concept that most others in health reform really don't take into account to the extent that personalized health insurance does. So if you want a product personalized to you, the idea is you need to segment by risk. And how do you do that? Well, I've set up a couple of secrets to doing that. One is the health review authority that would balance out the power for the acceptance of insurance applications between the insurance company and the individual and small group. The second thing is a tool for that organization, the Health Review Authority, to utilize, and that is a certificate of guaranteed coverage. If you provide that certificate of guaranteed coverage that requires the insurance company to offer you a product, if they have unfairly rejected you, it creates an entirely different dynamic and path that's consumer-oriented. And once you have the proper insurance you can cover your health care, and you can get the right health care that you need. So it's consumer-oriented from the purchase of the product, and because the multiple products and the guaranteed issue and the coverage of pre-existing conditions, it means it's patient-centered. The patient will be the one in control. The patient will be the one under various products will have more influence with account-based plans. So I know that's a lot to absorb in this last session, a lot to absorb in this full hour. But if you need to, go back and replay it. Go back and listen to it. 
and we're going to get a little bit more clarity and further instructions on how all this would work as we go forward in the next couple of weeks. So please join us again next week as we talk about the secrets of health insurance reform. It's really not as difficult as the politicians and insurance company executives would make you think it is. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.